0: Pimp, pimp, hooray. It's a new episode of the Listen In Podcast. We are up to episode 12. Where is it? 13. The, uh, this is episode thirteen. Episode thirteen of the Listening Podcast. And I'm
1: feeling good. I'm back to back to full strength. I feel. Shake
0: uh, is over his Jordan flu game. Yeah. Um, I'm coming off a, a rec volleyball league loss, so I got a lot of it's uh, emoti- emotions up inside of me.
1: It's an emotionally charged night for both of us. I I recovered miraculously from from a freak illness um, that brought me to the brink, and Sean uh, has just suffered um, a detrimental loss
0: on his volleyball team. So you, we're, yeah. we 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 come to you in a in a weird mood. We do. Uh, We're also recording on a Wednesday, a little bit different recording schedule than what we're used to. We're actually trying out um, some shorter podcasts rather than the hour-plus long ones that you've become used to. These will just be an hour 20 instead of an hour 30. Correct. We wanted to give you even more content. Um, No, that's not true. We're going to try and keep these like 30, 40 minutes now. Um, So if you couldn't tell by my intro, and for people who aren't Kendrick Lamar fans, that was probably really... Random, they're probably like, What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, but for anyone who did know what I'm talking about, we are talking about Kendrick Lamar, his new (laughs) album, Untitled Unmastered Today, Pimp Pimp Hooray. I'm just realizing that Pimp Pimp Hooray is one of the
1: craziest ways you could ever introduce yourself, (laughs) being recorded and going out to the masses To,
0: to people I just don't know, strangers.
1: So, for listeners who may have heard, and a lot of you did, because it's actually our most listened to podcast. Sean here released a quick five minute, well really eight minutes, both our five minute reviews have been eight minutes, but it was a uh, five minute pod about this album, uh, Kendrick Lamar's Untitled Unmastered, which he surprise released at the end of last week. And so today on the podcast, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper uh, with to get sort of both of our perspectives. But first, there was a big loss in the music world yesterday, Sean um so george martin the producer uh for the beatles and for many other artists but most famously the beatles has died at age 90 so uh george martin was sort of like if you if you know the beatles at all, if you're a big fan of the beatles you, you'd know that he as a producer was sort of uh, a huge reason why they were able to innovate like they did he was just this experienced vet in the music world who knew how to get them the instruments they wanted, the sounds they wanted, who helped them sort of form as a band in the early days. And while John Paul George and Ringo were these young, sort of scrappy, working class guys, he had this sort of uh, upper crust, he was sort of a professor type. He had this sort of stately, a way about him, but they worked really well together. Sean, thoughts on, on George Martin?
0: Uh, big loss for music, obviously. I'm 90 years old, lived a long life. He did. Um, you know, Offered a lot to music and to the Beatles. He's going to be missed. Um, fun fact about George Martin, did you know that Kenyon Martin, the power forward for the New Jersey Nets and then later for the Denver Nuggets... Preface, this is all time. I'm prepared to not believe this fact based on the way it started. Continue. Kenyon Martin, the power forward... He is actually not related in any way to George Martin. Uh, but but fun fact, he was he was known as the fifth Beatle. So. Kenyon Martin was? George Martin was. An absurd fun
1: fact. And I'm glad that my bullshit beat <laughs> yeah, went to the roof on it that one. Off. Real quick point. Uh, I watched a video today <laughs> from the Beatles anthology where George Martin played tapes from A Day in the Life. And... You can if if you have the chance, check some of these out. Like look up George Martin on YouTube. There's a ton of him describing Beatles songs and like the process that went into creating them. It's worth a watch if you're a Beatles fan because he has so much knowledge of like what went into the process of creating these songs, and his passion really shines through. So he puts on the tapes for a demo for a day in the life. And he like he's talking about John Lennon. And he's like, even in these early takes, he has a voice that sends a shiver down your spine, and he just has this like <laughs> awesome. I did a really bad impression, but he does this. He has this awesome
0: voice. It's cool. It's worth checking out. So, R.I.P. to George Martin the Fifth. R.I.P. for sure. Um, so, the next thing we just wanted to quickly touch on before we went into the Kendrick talk was it's a fi- it's spring. Spring has sprung. Jake. Spring has sprung. So, for much of the Northeast, uh, where we are recording this podcast, is in the Northeast. Really nice day out today. It almost hit eighty degrees. So we were really feeling the warm weather, and the first nice day of the spring, I always have like a set playlist of songs that I like to play with the windows down. One of those um, being some Animal Collective songs, like Grass for Reverend Green, (laughs) just some of those songs that I always associate with spring. A little Fleet Foxes thrown in there, Mm -hmm. thrown in there too. Well, that's more of an autumn band for me. Uh... I always associate Help Mrs. Blues uh, with Spring, because that's, no, when, it, that's right. when it came out. You're right. I'm thinking of their first album. Oh, for sure their first album, though. Um, that's autumnal. But it is, for sure. But basically what we wanted... We, we had a Twitter conversation today. We were mixing it up on Twitter. With, with, with Josh Gregoire. Big, big, fri- big friend of the pod. Arguably one of the biggest friends of the pod. Arguably one of the biggest. I like the little like music discussions we've got into on, on, on Twitter recently. Oh, yeah. And hey, to all the, the listeners out there... Follow us at level four underscore media. Mix it up with us. Tweet on Twitter.
1: at us about anything music related and we'll get... Talk to
0: us about our stupid like spring, spring has sprung playlist yeah. conversation we're having right now. And be like, it's... hey guys, this sucks. I just want to hear the Kendrick takes.
1: Or if you happen to like spring albums or you have albums you listen to in the spring, let us know. But Sean, I'll start by saying the three that I tweeted today. So spoiler alert to the thousands who read that tweet. Um... Three of my favorite spring albums are Buffalo Springfield's Greatest Hits. So actually, disclaimer, these are all classic rock albums. So if you're bored by this, just fast forward like a minute, and that's fine. Buffalo Springfield's first album, their greatest hits, Neil Young, Stephen Stills, They it was their first band together. Um, sort of a folk rock band. A lot of summery, springy, you know, sort of folky songs. I also listened to Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin, because I think songs like The Ocean, uh Dancing Days and what Rain else? Song. Did I say? Rain Song. Which is and- like about spring and yeah. like rebirth. Exactly. <laughs> Those songs to me embody spring and I listen to it a lot in spring. And then I said Rocks by Aerosmith, but any Aerosmith album. For some reason, I always go through a mini Aerosmith phase. Yeah. Toys in the Attic Rocks. Get your wings. Aerosmith, their first album. Nice. That's
0: the end of that. Uh, be, yeah, follow us on Twitter, at level4 underscore media. Uh, and you already went, right? You already said Animal Collective. I did, Fox yeah. It's on Animal Collective. So I said I'd go Stuff first, like but that. in reality, I went oh, second. I oh, stole, I stole the show. You stole the uh, stage. Also, before we get into the Kendrick talk, if you like what you are hearing on this podcast, which so far, you're probably like, what the fuck are these guys talking yeah. about? Uh, I wouldn't blame you. But if you like what you're hearing, um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, And we're also on Stitcher, or you can follow us on SoundCloud as well.
1: And Uh, while they are on iTunes, write us a scathing review. No, write us a positive review, please, because it actually really helps for young, fledgling podcasts like us to
0: earn more listeners and more repute on iTunes. I think I
1: used the word repute,
0: right? (laughs) Talk to us. uh, Yeah, write a review about our big vocabularies, or Jake's big vocabulary, uh, because that's not alienating to listeners at all. Right, right. Uh, So anyways, let's hop into the Kendrick Lamar talk. This is Um, exciting. So like Jake mentioned, I did a mini podcast that just kind of broke down the the background of this album. So
1: So since you did that, that I can just take the rest of this half
0: hour. Yeah, so Jake's just going to do a solo pod himself. Um, I'll come back later. Go crack a
1: beer. (laughs) Not true. I want your takes on this. So the first thing I think we should talk about that I thought is interesting is to compare... This album, its release, what it's all about, to the much-discussed The Life of Pablo by Kendrick, not Kendrick Lamar, uh, by Kanye West, another rapper whose name starts with K. So, the first thing I noticed is that this album, Untitled Unmastered, was unannounced until like pretty much the day it came out. There was no fanfare, there was no craziness about the release. Kendrick just dropped it, he put it out, released it to the world, all three things I just said were synonyms, and... When he did that, you know the world just immediately got it. There was no oh, let me take this song back, let me re-release this, let me arrange the track list.
0: Which which release do you prefer, Sean, or like what's your take on this? So I love the surprise album release. I'm a huge fan of it. We've we actually kind of saw it last year when he released "To Pimp a Butterfly," where there was I think it got leaked. On iTunes, a early. week early. It was
1: one week early. Yeah,
0: so there was a lot of like surprise around that. People were like, "Oh shit, the new Kendrick album's out! Like, I, I need to, I need, I need to go listen to that." Yeah, there, it, I feel like it builds a lot more excitement. It becomes more of an event. Um, Like, for example, when it came out the other night, I stayed up till midnight, waited for it to get onto Spotify, streamed it. I was up to like one in the morning. I was like, this is awesome, new Kendrick album.
1: Well, and the story about that is that I was on Twitter mixing it up with people, listening to the album over and over. I was like, where is Sean? Because you weren't on Twitter. That's I was right. like, what's going on? And then I received a Snapchat from you that you posted this. That's like, right. I was like, ah, he's ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Here's the thing. I think that by releasing an album this way, Kendrick, first of all, he established himself as the leading like because of the way it was received by fans and on social media and everything, it just blew up. And I think he's doing more for fans while asking less of them. I feel like Kanye is more trying on fans, you know, constantly changing things, constantly begging for attention. Kendrick just, you know, here you go. Here's this. Let me leave this here for you. You guys
0: find it and, and give it a listen, and it's in all its genius. Kanye is like your your like, your ex-girlfriend who you just constantly need to be texting all the time and, like, appeasing and be like, no, 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 like, yeah, we're we're going to hang out, like, we're talking all the time. Kendrick is, like, the cool next girlfriend who's, like, kind of a free spirit and, like, just doesn't have her phone on her ever and, like, just you kind of do whatever. That's kind of where they're at. I will argue, though, that there there's differences between these two albums because Kendrick's album isn't, like, a proper studio release it's not like the next his next album after to pimp a butterfly mm. these are leftover tracks from to pimp a butterfly these are kind of studio outtakes mm. by definition they're unmastered so i think but this what i like them a lot <laughs> yeah i know i they're like great. them a lot they're great and you know what and we're not i'm not saying that i'm saying Kanye's album is like the next Kanye album, Yeah, it's a studio which there's release. gonna be huge fanfare around it. There's gonna be a lot of sure. hype. So, and it's like the next iteration of Kanye's studio work. I'm just these saying these are leftover tracks that probably don't deserve as much fanfare or hype because this is, this feels like a bonus. It feels like a, a the best bonus ever because I think this holds together pretty well as an
1: album. I think it actually is like a good album, even if he had never pointed out the fact. That it was, you know, leftovers and stuff. I mean, these songs stand up really well on their yeah, own. Yeah, they do. And the thing is, is like, I'm just gonna listen to this more than the life of Pablo. A, because of title, my subscription, my free trial is gonna run out, and he'll never release it in any other format, which I think is bullshit. Then B, because I think I just like it better. I think it, I like it more.
0: I like it better. Outtakes more as well. or not? Outtakes I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like it better, more. Um, I think you could argue just song for song and, like, flow and lyrics and stuff like that, it's better. Uh, I think the argument you could make for Life of Pablo is that the production is better. It's cleaner.
1: I don't know, man. I think the production on this, even if it's not, like, mastered, even if these aren't totally, like, finished, I think the production's really good. I love the beats on this album. I love the way Kendrick's voice is coming through. I don't think it sounds, even for being unmastered, technically, I don't think you get the vibe that it's like this... This lo-fi product. There are exact no. times, right? Like the end of Untitled Seven, right? And I know what you mean. It's a different yeah, type mean, of.
0: I I hey, I agree with you. I'm, yeah. I'm playing Devil's Advocate. I know there's probably a lot of Kanye fans out there who are like, no, like Life of Pablo is better. It's a, oh. it's a finished album. Yeah. It's cleaner. Like it's I. It it just sounds better. It sounds fuller. Maybe some people think so. I, I'm sure they do. Um... Also, quick note about Kanye. He tweeted out earlier today. He's like, "Oh, I'm on my back, way back from Europe. He was at, I think, Paris Fashion Week or something. He was actually meeting with IKEA. Yeah, I saw that. To design tweet. furniture. He tweeted out at, like an hour ago. He's like, "I'm going back home. I'm gonna finish the final uh, version of Life of Pablo. So maybe okay. we're finally getting it. I cool. don't know." If it's just gonna be trapped on title again, like we're come gonna on, see man. a few
1: different iterations of this. I'll tell you that right now, Sean. Don't believe a word. The other thing is that tweet yesterday about IKEA where he was like, just got back from IKEA, so inspired by all the ideas. It was something like that. Without the context that he was meeting people from the company is an all-time funny tweet because I thought what had happened was that Kanye just took strolled into an IKEA and was like awestruck. By Ikea. So, uh,
0: he's like so inspired by like the pillows that you have to like cover yourself and the yeah. fake plants that I can buy. And this furniture that like is a little shoddy. Oh no, it's like our all particle board that you have to put together. <laughs> it's like, so cool looking. Oh, it looks good. <laughs> he's so inspired. Oh uh, the, the idea of that is so funny of him and
1: Kim like rolling through like the, the, the showroom and he's like he's jumping on a beanbag chair. He's like, Yo, he's like Kim, <laughs> look check it out. That's so funny to me, the idea of that I guess really he funny. met with the company, which makes more sense. But in my fantasy mind, he just went to Ikea and had his mind explode.
0: Yeah, that's really, really funny. But to get back to Kendrick, uh, I agree. I'm going to listen to this album more. Uh, Jake and I were actually texting earlier, and I was like, I haven't listened to Life of Pablo since the week it came out. And I was thinking about it today. I don't really care to. Here's the thing about Pablo is that like I'm not here I, we're not here to
1: shit all over it. No, like, I like I like the life of Pablo right. fine. It's a it's a good album. Um I think perhaps unsurprisingly this is an album that I feel like has more interesting things going on uh, th- that being the Kendrick album. Uh and it just has it
0: just I think I don't know more overall more enjoyable. So uh, yeah, let's dive into why it's so enjoyable and yeah, kind of the influences that it takes from or shares with To Pimp a Butterfly. Because they're, like I said, they're from the same sessions. They're yeah. clearly sharing a lot of the same themes and ideas they and are. sounds. Um, I, In some ways, it is more, more enjoyable yeah. than To Pimp a Butterfly. I think because it's shorter. Um, it doesn't have the weight of the cultural significance mm-hmm. that To Pimp a Butterfly had. Um, some of the songs are just a little bit, like, easier to listen to. I don't know. And I'm not saying it's better. No, yeah. Because it's that's, not. No, it's not. But sometimes, like, a 34-minute album is a lot more just easy to listen to than an hour-plus that Butterfly is.
1: Yeah, and that's what I, what I wanted to say is that, like, again, it's disclaimer. To Pimp a Butterfly is one of the best albums of the last decade. And this album could be in that discussion maybe, t- I don't know, down the road. We need more time and context to tell but it's not a better album than to pimp a butterfly. But like you said, I find myself just enjoying it more. Like, I can, I need to get in a mindset for to pimp a butterfly. I need right. to change my mood. I need to like right. be in a quiet place right. without disturbances and pop it on and like experience it. And that's true of some of these songs. But overall, at 34 minutes, it's breezy for Kendrick. I think it's really, really cool to see him dropping this album, even if it's unf- unfinished, whatever, even if they're leftovers. It's cool to get a lower stakes, quote-unquote, Kendrick album where it's like, I can kind of just pop this on. It's not this concept epic where I need to really take it in and like be unpacking themes like I'm reading Moby
0: Dick. (laughs) Right. You know, and what's really cool about this is, in a way, I think this takes some pressure off of him for his next album release. Because people now aren't like, oh, what's the follow-up to To, p- to pimp a butterfly that's what's a he gonna do it. to top it that's people really are, are like call. oh he had untitled unmastered which was kind of like you said lower stakes yeah. now what's the next thing i think it takes pressure off it lowers those expectations i think it grounds people and it makes us more a little bit more realistic about like what the next thing is
1: to make a comparison parallel This to me is almost like the Amnesiac to Kid A by. by uh, I almost called. Great point. I almost called the band in rainbows. The band is Radiohead. This is a rock parallel to Kendrick. And Amnesiac, I think, was leftovers, right? Or it was at least from some of the same sessions.
0: They they were in the same studio sessions they were.
1: Released one year later. Not as great as Kid A, but you would be hard pressed to find a Radiohead album who likes Kid A that doesn't also love Amnesiac. Great comparison. That's how I feel about this record it's like i put it on and i just am enjoying every track i'm finding actively searching for reasons not to like it and they're just not there for me yeah like i like kendrick enough and i like what he's doing at this phase of his career enough to just love all of these songs and i think it, was there any other should we dive into the tracks or do we want to well
0: i wanted to talk about um just a little bit more of the background with like the fact that it's untitled it's literally un, like none of the songs have titles other than a date or, like, yeah, something like that. Um, and the album is called Untitled, Unmastered. So this is an interesting question. Do artists kind of do this on purpose? Where they're like, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to call it. Get this. Get this. I'm going to call it Untitled. Yeah. Or is this more of, like, I, I can't be bothered to name this. Putting a name on it will... Will tarnish the product I'm putting out. I think. Like, it's, wh- it's, what is the mindset behind that?
1: It's maybe a combination of what you just said. I think it's definitely an artistic statement. I mean, like, Kendrick is someone who's too involved and understands how things are packaged and how things come together as a co- cohesive whole too well to not do it on purpose. I think as a concept, the idea of this untitled album, where all the tracks are untitled, it's actually something I've wondered if artists would do before. I've thought like it'd be kind of a cool concept, and it's interesting that Kendrick did it. I think he's. The first to do it i mean if you think back to like peter gabriel would release all untitled albums and and zeppelin i mean released, zeppelin technically release kind of an untitled thing. album technically but i don't yeah. know about one with like just all untitled right. songs um made distinguishing some of the tracks a little difficult i will say yeah it does
0: actually uh, and i think that's have... a barrier to the enjoyment actually where you're like oh, i can't really remember what untitled three is exactly right yeah You. Have to it took me like seven listens i still don't fully know to be honest with really? you really yeah. Uh quick note on the album art, what do you think? It's just like the green kind of nothing background. I actually really, really like it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think yeah, it's, it's super just... cool. You know what it reminds me of is uh Beach House Depression Cherry had just that red velvet
1: yeah, cover. But this is this is like a gray.
0: greenish gray. It's not velvet, but like it looks like it. You know what it is,
1: is a color that I think people would argue about. You know how there are some blues and greens where it's like, it's like spectral and it's like right there. I feel like that's a color where someone would be like, no, that's gray. Or someone would say, no, that's green. I'm not sure. I'm not here to answer the questions. This isn't the Color Wheel podcast. That's on after this. This is the Listen In (laughs) podcast. We're talking music.
0: I love the album cover.
1: I actually think it's really cool and I think it's like perfectly simplistic and exactly what... Kendrick's trying to get across. It's this just
0: it's just just take these things for what it all, what it is and yeah. there's no other fanfare around it really. It's subtlety. Yep. It's
1: just it's exactly. and I think it's I read somewhere that it's like sort of oh I think it was pitchfork or whatever they said it's like sort of the opposite of the life of Pablo and it is in every way. Yeah. Kendrick left a gift like a cat in the night when a cat stalks its prey and leaves its masters like this. And then and Kanye was begging for attention for for months.
0: Uh before we get into the tracks, hot take from your boy. Um Cats suck. Yeah, They're but... mean animals. Well, they, they give no affection. I, I hope I get hate from this. I want some sort of Twitter interaction on this. Here's the thing, Sean. We're
1: not going to get into this now because, as you know, I like cats, which actually makes me more prone to Twitter hate because, for some reason, people don't like cats. which they're lame know, as shit. It makes no sense at all. Cats are, are cool. And we're not going to go into this because <laughs> this is going to take forever for us to hash out. And I actually am <laughs> mad at you for bringing it up on the pod because <laughs> you know my feelings. And anyone who's ever been around us, when Sean starts trolling about you cats, know what?
0: we're going to run a Twitter poll about what's better, cats or dogs. Uh, the easy answer and logical answer is dogs. So we're going to run that on at level four underscore media. To, uh, vote in that poll. Show Jake how wrong he is. All I'm saying
1: is view them as different animals as they are. That's Anyways, all I'm saying. Uh, fine. Respect fine. them fine. for what we're they gonna are, which is different. G-
0: we're going to let the Twitter poll decide. And you're going to write that probably The people. This. The people are going to decide. Let's get into the tracks. All right. Pimp, Pimp, Hooray. Track number one. Not- I'm calling this song Pimp, Pimp. Hooray. This is an interesting
1: track because it has this really creepy sort of sexual intro. I don't know who it is that's talking on this, but it's in a deep voice. It's like this guy coming on to a girl. It's, to me, a little it's, creepy. He says the phrase, like, a little lamb. It's not
0: just a little creepy. It's very creepy. It's horrifying, actually. And when I popped this album on for the first time, it was like midnight, midnight. And I was expecting Kendrick's voice to come in and instead I get this like deep voice dude being like talking about little lambs and saying like, yeah, right there and like weird shit like that. Um, So, yeah, creepy intro. However, good first track. Good first track. Kendrick comes in just heat. Yeah. Complete heat. Exactly. Some good verses on here.
1: And I didn't write a whole lot about this one in my notes, except to say that I really like the way Kendrick's getting things going. He gets things started really well on this. It's he- actually not a ton of him on here because it's a short-ish track, and the begin it's bookended by like audio clips that aren't him. The middle is
0: basically him. Right. And it, like when he does come in though, I'm like, oh, Kendrick's back. Yeah. Like we're in. I know what we're getting with Kendrick exactly. now. Like he's he's on his game. Uh, when we go on to track number two, mm-hmm. which is Untitled number 2, um, you know, what do you have to say about this one?
1: So one of the points I wanted to bring up is, well, first of all, arguably probably the best song on the whole album, would you say? Yeah, it's up there. It's and so there. I was going to say the production, I noticed this while listening today, the production, the beat on this song, reminds me a lot of the production on You from the previous release to Pimp a Butterfly has this like sort of dissonant, scary-sounding atmospheric jazz thing going on and the thing I also wanted to say is that the get God slash top on the phone hook is I think Kendrick's most hooky it's really cool. and is like best hook to date
0: what are your immediate he's, thoughts I don't want to take I, all the I, I really like this song it's maybe one of the best like you said I loved uh, he's, he's coming hard on this song he's like yeah. put a rapper on life support I know that's not that's what none of you want and like he's just like I'm the best in the game right now like I raise the stakes with the pippa butterfly. Mm-hmm. Who's who's up next? No one. He definitely knows it and he's confident, but
1: Kendrick does it in this way that I don't hate. A lot of times when rappers yeah. boast, it like I know it's part of the whole thing. It kind of bothers me sometimes just not like what I'm about when Kendrick does it I like actually get excited yep. because he's not about that he has bigger things to say and when he throws a diss in there when he throws in a, a boast I'm like oh Kendrick you deserved it you earned it yep. that's the thing is he earns it it's not. It's backed up some rappers are all boast without any substance right. they're just songs that are boasts
0: I also love Towards the End and I mentioned this in my quick 5 minute review Ooh, podcast I, I did too. the the Drake style flow mm-hmm. and cadence of his rhymes Towards the End amazing that thing yeah, yeah it's really really cool and I like uh, we saw something similar that Kanye was doing on one of the songs on Pablo. He was kind of facts. on Facts, Yeah, he was kind of imitating Drake as well. Not so like, as well. Not as well as Kendrick did. No, Kendrick because did a good impression. Kendrick does an impression of Drake and then he like makes it his own. Yeah. Kanye's was just a clear rip off of it. Yeah, I thought this one was a lot better. I was like, yeah, yeah, Kendrick like it felt more of like an homage than a straight rip off.
1: Yeah, and what I like about this song also is Kendrick goes in and out of different flows really well throughout this track. And that's one of his calling cards, is he has these different voices, he has these different flows he can just seamlessly f- pop into. This song has a lot of that on display. It's awesome.
0: Uh, last thing about this song, I love towards the end, when, like, the song ends, and it's like, okay, now it's just them in the studio, and you hear Kendrick going, yeah. like, who doing the drums? He's like, all day, Mortal Man and Kunta. Uh, and then it, it goes, goes into the, on the next track. song. Yeah. And then it's really it gives you this cool live studio feel which is also something i mentioned in my review is like it's got this like nice organic vibe to it where like you feel like the curtain's being pulled back and you're getting a look into how kendrick is interacting with the people in the studio and, like, yeah. how he operates. It seems like it's this cool, laid-back environment. Like, people are kind of joking around. We'll see more of that later on Untitled 7, but I think this is the first preview of that. Quick parallel, too, that I think is interesting is that on The Life of Pablo, one of
1: my favorite parts that I noted during our review of that, that track-by-track track breakdown, is where... Um, What's the song called again? It's uh, 30 Hours. 30 Hours. Where uh, Kanye, you see him kind of, he's an unfinished verse, and you hear him make, like, inserting spots where he'll be, like, in that sort of the flow there. It's kind of cool. Not, like, the best song on the album, but still interesting, and I thought it was cool that we get that behind the curtain look on both. Agreed. You mentioned the transition into the third song, Untitled Three. We don't need to say the titles, they're untitled. (laughs) All entitled. The third song. Let's go right in order. Um, I, okay. My take on this is that I've heard a lot of
0: buzz. we ran a Twitter poll, only five people voted. But that's where you guys come in, listeners. Yep. You gotta get up on the Twitter stuff, okay? Polls. give us a follow.
1: Yeah, give us a follow and 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 vote in our polls. All right. We get we get lonely and sad. <laughs> Getting huge with we the polls. We get dysthymic when you don't when you don't vote in our <laughs> polls. There's Jake with his
0: vocab again. I'm gonna run another poll if it's like, is Jake's vocabulary alienating to the audience? All right, fair enough. We can do that.
1: Um So I think this is one of the most underrated songs on the album. There's only eight songs, but I think it's underrated because I saw Kendrick perform this on, I think, Colbert a couple years ago. I get him confused because he performed a bunch of these live. And that's one of the things that I think is cool about this album. And this is a tangent, but one of the things that I heard him say or I saw written about it is that he has this backlog of just these songs that he'll perform live. And that's what a lot of these are. It's these songs that aren't going on albums that he does for live performances. I love the central sort of conceit of this song where it's, what did the Asian say? What did the black man say? What did the white man say? And which is kind of screeched in by these background female vocalists. And then Kendrick comes in with these like, these really cool lines about, like, what he learned from these different cultures and, like, how it taught him to be himself and, like, wh- what he's taking from it. I-,
0: I think this song's really cool. I really do, too. I would agree with you that it is probably one of the most underrated. It's actually, it's one of my favorites on this album as well. I mean, I don't really think I have anything else to add on it besides besides what you did. I think you summed that up really well.
1: The beat's really cool. The
0: beat's awesome. The hoot whoop. Yeah, they like like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop, like, that kind of cool, like, it almost sounds, there's flutes in this, I think. Yeah, I think there is, yeah. Um, so we move on to Untitled Four. Um, so this is actually a song that appears later at yeah. the back half of Untitled Seven. I have to be honest, I didn't know that until I read the Pitchfork review of it. I didn't. I never picked that up. Oh really? I
1: I noticed it listening today and yesterday. It's like it's the same song. It's this "Head Is the Answer" song. Yeah. Is he is he saying head? It might be a double entendre, Sean. It might be a play on words. But I assume this is like head as in your mind and knowledge
0: and and your thoughts and blowjobs. Yes. Does he mean mean both? It's a really good question and it's one I've been asking myself every time I listen to it. I'm like, what does this actually mean? At first, I thought he was saying hate is the answer as in like he was being like facetious about it. He was being like, it's not like I'm poking fun at this. like Because there's so much like bad shit going on. I think he's saying head. He is. Okay. He is. Um, at first, I, I, I thought it was hate at first I was like oh this is actually a really smart lyric I don't know what he means by head here exactly. I don't totally
1: either. Maybe it's a come on, a line he's used in the past, but this track is mostly just vocals, right? It's female vocals singing this. Yeah. No Kendrick on this. No,
0: no, no. If there is, it's minimal. I can't really think of it. Nice to listen to. Comes
1: across as sort of an
0: interlude, Yeah. which brings us to track five. Uh, Probably one of the highlights, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Untitled Five. Really, really good song. Uh, So Kendrick is really aggressive. On his verses here, or his verse here, uh, which I love, he's coming. He's coming hard in the paint. Uh, you know, he's like, he's talking. Long ago, used to talk to God. Got 100 on my dash, 100 in my trunk. Like he's saying all this, all this stuff. I don't really, I don't fully know what his like, what what, what is
1: what it's the all the purpose what it's totally about. And the the lines about drinking by myself and all that stuff. It actually is reminiscent of some of the themes on on Butterfly, where like in you, where he's. Uh, actually getting drunker through the song and it's stuff awesome. makes me, this was making me want to listen to that album too. Um, but I love, and I'm saying this about every song, but the production on this song is really cool. I think Kamasi Washington's on this with his sax, mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong, but there's some nice bass on here. I want to say it's Thundercat. I know Thundercat and Kamasi perform a lot with Kendrick. Mm -hmm. There might be other Thundercat bass on this, but there's like a cool bass line as the underpinning of this song
0: that I really enjoyed. Yeah, they both popped up on uh, Tip Him a Butterfly. A lot of the sounds on this album and this song. So reminiscent. Um, I forget what song it is off Butterfly, but it's that like piano sound where it sounds it's just like tumbling piano where it's yeah. like and it's, Oh yeah, I think we're gonna get to we're that. We're gonna get to that. Yeah. Six, and yeah. it's like a lot of that stuff. A lot of the same jazz sounds they're clearly pulling from the same, you know, easel of sounds.
1: I would say that on Untitled Unmastered, the one of the reasons why I think it actually is in a weird way of progression from Tabimba Butterfly, even though it's different, I think he's, these jazz beats are more accessible in a lot of ways. They're still weird, but they feel like they feel hookier. They feel more packaged as like songs instead of parts of a concept.
0: Well, yeah, and I think one of the reasons is they're riffing off each other really well here with the jazz sounds. It feels like they got into a groove, and it goes back to what I was saying about they they have this cool organic studio vibe. It feels like the jazz musicians are just kind of doing their thing and Kendrick's doing his thing. Yeah. It all feels really organic and just cool. The, like there's good vibes going on here. Yeah.
1: The way I imagine it is like Kendrick has a general idea for like maybe the key of the song or like kind of part of the melody and he's just like you guys know what to do. Mm-hmm. Just come in. You're like the best jazz musicians of the modern era. Just sort of like riff and play and let, let's see what we can create. Yeah. And Like, I got to say, he's—if if that is the process that I just made up, um, hes whatever the process is, he's creating some of the coolest, most singular-sounding beats in hip-hop today. And you know a Kendrick Lamar song from this To Pimp a Butterfly era now. I'm going to call this the To Pimp a Butterfly Mm -hmm. era of Kendrick Mm -hmm. this year and and last year. And the songs are unified by that sound.
0: An interesting point before we move on to Untitled 6 is think about Kendrick's studio experience as in like this organic cool there's a lot of there's a lot of jazz cats hanging around oh and they're just riffing off each other it seems really organic and fun juxtapose that with Kanye West's studio experience which i can only imagine it seems to me that Kanye's would be really like nitpicky about things and perfectionist and like Kanye's specific vision for where things have to go Kendrick's experience seems like he's more willing to let things flow and let people maybe offer some more of their ideas Could or be. riff off of something that just sounds cool in the moment.
1: It's hard to know. I mean, and Kanye is a is an all time collaborator though. That's the thing is like that he true. does seem to love collaboration. I'm sure he's very nitpicky, but yeah, you never know. That that's a good point. And I think that the glimpse you do get into like Kendrick's studio sort of goings on in this album, it's it's pretty cool. It seems fun. Just it seems does seem fun. fun. Um, so the comparison on Untitled 6 that I wanted to make, which is the next track, and I think it's what you were just alluding to, this song sounds to me like For Sale, the interlude on the last record, um, it almost sounds like they took the same or a very similar sample and created a song around it, like a different song.
0: Yeah, it does, it does sound like that. Um, what's also funny is the first time or the second time I was listening to it, I was like, is this CeeLo Green on here? Yeah. Is, like, is he popping up on a record? Like, when's, when's the last time you heard anything by CeeLo Green other than his, like, rapey comments he made a year or two ago?
1: Other than him, like, appearing on American... What's oh, no, called? no, I'm
0: sorry. Not even rapey comments. I think he actually raped someone. Oh, did he? So ever since then, I've been off the CeeLo Green bandwagon. Oh, yeah, I don't... I'm that's not
1: a, something I knew a lot about. He delivers a, a good vocal performance. He does. Here. It's good. He's good on this you song. You can't hit on his voice. No. CeeLo sounds nice. Good. Yeah. It's good a pleasant voice.
0: listen. I actually really like Untitled 6. I do too. Um, you know, the controversy with CeeLo, I gotta be honest, I've never been able to listen to Norris Barkley since then. Oh, since then. Since since I found that, out, I was like, "Dude, CeeLo, you sound like a shitty guy." Like, yeah. See, I didn't like you suck entirely know about that. So yeah, like, wow. I guess he's like kind of a creep. Uh, but anyways, he pops up on Untitled Six. Good track. I enjoyed it. Uh, so we go into Untitled Number Seven. Untitled Number Seven is actually like a medley of like three different songs almost. So you get the first part. Um, which is like the levitate, levitate, levitate yep. part, which is awesome. Really, really cool. And I think one of the things that I wanted to mention was the things that Kendrick is still able to do with his voice without the studio manipulation that you hear on To Pimp a Butterfly is really, really cool.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that is lost in actually the... So with with uh, Good Kid, Mad City, I feel like the thing, something a lot of people wrote about and talked about and definitely what jumped out to me was the fact that, um, Kendrick is this sort of, this, he can transform his voice to take on all these different characters, all these different sort of tones and flows and stuff. Like I mentioned before, it's one of my favorite things about Kendrick. And the, um, To Pimp a Butterfly had such a huge sort of concept album feel that I think that actually got kind of lost in the haze, how great that is, what he does with like his voice and stuff. He doesn't really use effects. And I, I wrote down while listening to this, like, His voice just sounds cool all the time, whether he's just rapping, doing straight regular Kendrick voice or he's doing like one of his other sort of tones. It always sounds cool.
0: It really does, and um, like yeah, on on to Pimple Butterfly, one of my favorites that is just coming off the top of my head. I think it's on you when he's like drinking in the song, and he's like slurring his speech. Like that part's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get into like the second half. There's kind of two second halves. There is two second halves. So, so like the middle part of this song, which
1: mathematically would be thirds, but we're going to call That's it right. we're going to call it a first half and two second halves.
0: That's correct. Because we're not math. <laughs> guys. <laughs> Clearly not. So on this on this second half the first second half. the first second half um you actually have a production by swiz son egypt uh and kendrick kind of calls him out he's like i forget what he says but he calls out egypt by name and it's this cool kind of like you actually what it reminded me of was uh lock raven by animal collective it's like these like kind of strings but like mixed with like it's like an organ grinder, almost like this. Okay. Like weird, like shuffling organ grinder type thing. S- I don't really even know what to make of it, but it's super cool. So is that the part? Yes. That was produced by yes by Swiss Because
1: yes. the last part, I was gonna say, first of all, doesn't sound there's like there's no, much
0: production. There's nothing there. It's, it's just that. Like a, a it's that like recording. it's like that shuffling organ grinder sound, kind of. Basically, this dude's Egypt is five years old. Like crazy. He's, he's not. He's probably not doing anything crazy. He Probably doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing.
1: He might not be. It's probably like that thing where like Swizz Beats is doing it, but like moving his hands or whatever. Yeah. Like if you're if you're letting your kid drive the car while he sits in your lap, you're not letting that kid drive the car. He'd no. drive it off a cliff. This is probably just a Swizz Beats beat. So this is the part where the little kid sings like Compton is where I'm from. That part. Yeah. Towards the end. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. then there's another part which we hinted at before with Untitled Four, which is the head is the answer thing, and this is like this is actually one of my favorite parts because it's like just this bass riff that's playing yep. and Kendrick is joking around and he's just sort of riffing over it and he's singing this like song this Head is the Answer song yep. and it's really really funny near it, the it end he's like calling out someone's mother and he's like he's like, like uh, what is it she don't discriminate like <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's really really funny it, it's super funny and like all his like boys in the studio are like laughing behind him do you think they understand like the cool shit that he's just doing right in front of them I don't know. I think they they really, I think they know. Do you think they really appreciate it? That he's like, oh, this is just our buddy Kendrick. He's messing around with the bass. Like, what do you think they're like, oh shit, this is going to be like a a song? I think if you're in Kendrick's posse, you have to
1: understand that everything that he's doing is pretty genius at all times. Yeah. And you're probably pretty used to it though. So, yeah, true. Even him messing around, you never know. I love that at the end, he's like, we're going to cut that or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: What did he say? We're going to lay that? What is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's basically saying, like, we're going to record. Yeah, we're going to record that. And at the beginning, he's like, this is a 15 minute song. We're going all day or something like that. Like, yeah, just really funny back half of that. And again, I want to compare that to the Kanye 30 Hours kind of in the studio thing where hearing this, this sounds, like I said, so organic and fun and cool. Kanye's like phone call that he takes on the back half annoying. of thirty hours sounds so forced and try hard in comparison to this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of annoying. It's it's like he there's it's more uh expository it's like he's explaining it it's like bad dialogue
0: yeah, yeah.
1: kendrick's feels more organic because he doesn't explain anything and you're left wondering like, well, I don't really know what the hell that meant but i guess but I i'm gonna it. keep listening to that because yeah. it's cool with kanye he's like he's like oh yeah i'm just laying down a whatever track
0: like again like, yeah, dude we get it
1: it's an ad lib yeah we know
0: yeah um also feels I like wanna, we're trashing pablo. i want to reiterate again because i felt that way too i like pablo so do i it's a good album. We've never said anything but negative things though. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a That's, lot to enjoy on there, it. There there is. Like Wolves. Great song. Waves, great song. You can listen to the Kanye Review podcast. You can get our full takes there. Uh so we move on to the last song, which is untitled Eight. Uh this How are is... we doing
1: for time? That feels like a mature podcast thing to ask.
0: Uh, have we We kept... should wrap up soon. We yeah, wrap we'll up wrap
1: soon. up after this.
0: Yeah, we'll wrap I up. I feel after
1: like we've this. we've done a decent job keeping it in uh in a de- like Within what we promised, which Agreed. is like... I
0: hope it's 40 minutes. It's we'll around 40. It's around 40, All right, it's we'll around 40 so far. Uh, so this is the song that he played on... Was this Fallon or Colbert last week? It month? is one of them. It's one of them. I can't remember. Anyways, it's the one where it's like the blue faces, mm-hmm. like refrain or chorus or whatever you want to call it. Uh, really cool, really catchy, great hook. Uh, what I will say is I did like the live performance of this song better.
1: Well, I, and I think they're... It's different. Yeah, I, I think maybe I liked it better, too. Um, it was more, there's more fire on it, right? He, he brought more to it.
0: Not only that, he, like, I think he, f- he, like, almost fleshed it out more. Like, that Cape Town part uh, oh, right, turned yeah. into, like, this little, like, breakdown in the middle of the song.
1: That's yeah. right, yeah. And that- He might have just been improvising.
0: I think he was. Yeah. I think he was. And on this, it's just like, he says it once. That's what's cool about Cape Kendrick, Town.
1: if you're getting him live on a talk show,
0: watch that. Because he's going to like bring <laughs> the heat. He always does. He's going to make like a viral video that of a song we've never heard before that sets the internet on fire.
1: Whenever I see that Kendrick was on a, a talk show or a late night show, I get so excited. Because I'm like, ooh, what did he do this time? It's And when he performed at, uh, was it the Grammys? Yeah, Where he Grammys. was in cuffs. And yep. like, that was great. Uh, but yeah, as, in terms of for Untitled 8, like, again, another awesome beat on this really listenable. There's like another kind of hook, the it's it's breaking me down, honey thing. I, yeah. I
0: really like this song. I think it just wraps the album up really well. It's probably one of the highlights. It actually. does. And one of the things about great albums is when you finish the last song, do you want to go back and listen to the album again? This is a song where it ends. You're like, I want to listen to this again. Like, yeah. this is a great album. I think it does that it leaves you wanting more. And that is,
1: I think, the advantage that this album's going to have over to Pimp a Butterfly, historically speaking. And this, I'll make this point quick, but what I think will happen is that more people will listen to this all the way through and a lot. Because the songs on here are like quick, they're enjoyable, the album is quick and enjoyable. It's like to Pimp a Butterfly, condensed in terms of like some of the lyrical themes and some of the musical themes. And they, it, it, he made it like shorter and more easy to listen to. And I feel like this is an album that's gonna go down as one that people listen to a
0: ton. I have a comparison for you. Um, I think if you compare this to Miles Davis, a very famous ma- jazz musician, if you look at an album like Bitches Brew, just this long, sweeping jazz epic that's probably really difficult, of dissonance and like. Difficult yeah. to listen to, probably a technically better album than something like In a Silent Way but In a Silent Way is so much more just, like, enjoyable and easy to listen to. I
1: recently, if you follow me on Twitter, got a copy of In a Silent Way on vinyl from my brother. He brought it back from Ireland. Big shout-out to Matt, friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. One of the biggest.
0: Uh, So that is... Oh, final thing before we wrap up. What's your favorite song on this record?
1: Uh, I had a hard time picking in my own Twitter poll that I created on our account. I picked two.
0: What did you pick? (laughs) Yeah, I originally actually picked eight, but that was... send it. No. No, I didn't in the poll. However, I, my opinion has changed. A lot of my original opinion was colored by that live performance. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the song I like the most. That is not the case anymore. It is actually Untitled 2. I think
1: Untitled well. 2 brings the most to the table Untitled overall. Untitled
0: uh so that is our breakdown of untitled unmastered. Like I said, you can. We have a lot of polls that just popped up in this podcast that we need to do. We on may Twitter.
1: not we not we may not uh actually
0: make good on those promises. <laughs> no, I I will. The cats and dogs question needs to be answered by the public. Yeah. It will be answered. Um You know how it'll go. You're just trying to hurt me. Cuz Jake, because dogs are better. That's just a fact. Wow. Way to speak in just like plat- like objective. It's it it is objective. Well, It's not subjective in any way. It's not to me because my opinion is that cats are equal. Well, anyways, follow us on Twitter at level4 underscore media. Vote in these polls. Also, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, and you can follow us on SoundCloud. Um, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll be talking to you later this week on another new podcast. That's right. See you then. So we shouldn't say any of the offensive shit we were saying before. N- no, and I, <laughs> I, I'm not complicit in that. I feel like it was it was, it was me. I had some, I had some heat to work off from this volleyball game I lost. I feel like I don't have any funny things to say before, like to go after this episode. I don't know. I think this we can't force it. We have to let it happen naturally. We can't, we can't manufacture funny things which is actually what we're doing right now yeah by saying oh we don't have anything funny to say i could tell a knock knock joke if that's
1: no no
0: you don't want to hear one. maybe we just dive in okay maybe we just maybe we just go maybe that we can do a knock knock
1: joke podcast at another time
0: yeah 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 you um i'll no. do a five minute pod you yeah yeah Do you do a five minute one and maybe like don't post it um and wait then... why would i not post it oh no reason not just. I don't understand. I mean, if it's a podcast,
1: we should post it. Yeah. It'll have all the best ones. I'll have interrupting cow. Some other
0: good ones. Orange you glad I didn't say banana? Well, don't we'll, steal my thunder, dude. People are gonna hear this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, you save that for the five minute pod. All right, you ready? Uh-huh. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> <clears throat> throat> Hold on. Let me let me let me get a let me get a second uh, refreshment.
1: You want to cough over the can crack. You didn't cough, so now the listeners know that you're a lush.
0: <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, three, two, one.